Craft Beer Radio, episode 300 on August 23rd, 2014. 300! And welcome, honky tonk everybody's, to Craft Beer Radio, our 300th episode. This was the number one song in 1969. In 69, this week. yes. This week. Yeah, so I know you like prime numbers, but you don't like nice round 10 yeah. decimal numbers. So 300 is no big deal for you. But I got some prime stuff to throw at you, my okay. friend. Okay, go ahead for 300 it. 300 is the sum of a pair of twin primes, 149 and 151. Okay. It is also the sum of 10 consecutive primes. 13, 17, 19, 23, 29, 31, 37, 41, 43, and 47. All right. That's 10 primes in a row. Some of that, that's it's good, good, good Ten, coincidence. which is not a prime number. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, you were saying this thing about 100 earlier. 100 is 2 times 50, and 2 is a prime number, so there you go. Oh, all right. All right. Anyway. Uh, and, and also, 300 is a perfect game in bowling, so. True. Right, okay, so, but only because Bowling uses 10 as it's... All right, <laughs> the beers, the beers, beer show. We're going to start with Carl Strauss's Mosaic, which is a session now. This was uh, given to us by Carl Strauss. 5.5% alcohol by volume, SRM 11, they say. So that is, what's that, kind of a straw? Uh, yeah, kind of strawish wheat color from the looks of it 45 ibus a limited release in kegs and 22 ounce bottles which is this we have here they call it a session ipa uh the malts that are used are pale malt white wheat and c10 and the hop that is used is mosaic all right we're drinking these out of our favorite glasses the speedlove oh that's a glass. lovely lovely aroma on that beer pours crystal clear with a nice shaving cream pillowy head about a finger's deep in our probably about a five ounce sample that we have poured each year the aroma is chock full of hoppy goodness that's Mm -hmm. for sure really smells full you know for a session Mm -hmm. ale yeah yeah big big smell a little a little bit on the on the kind of stinky side, hop wise, just a bit. Hmm. See, I'm not. What I'm. What I was going to go for was kind of grapefruit pith. You know, kind of it's on the pithy side, still somewhat citrusy. That, that's. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's that's not approaching. It's not approaching dort or anything, but it's. <laughs> but it, it, there's 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 a little bit of that. You know, overripe. Um, overripe fruit okay. thing coming from it. Let me see if I can get into that part of it. Hmm. As I smell it more, I'm getting a little bit closer to, you know, like uh, Clementine or something like that. A little bit sweeter. Yeah, there's that. There's also there's a little bit of pineapple in in the area. Yeah, it's it's had a chance to, I guess, the the aromas calm down a bit. I'm not getting. I just got a faint whiff of something a little more aggressive, a little more resiny, right? But just, just a hint of a whiff of it. I'm going to the flavor now. That has a good body for a session ale. Good hop flavor. Doesn't leave you too bitter. You get a little bit of, of malt flavor after the hops fade out a little bit. It kind of reminds me a bit of um, 
Oh, I don't know. Um, it, it's kind of a crackery, but like not. Yeah, it's a little bit of like a rich cracker. Mm, see, I wouldn't go with Ritz. I was thinking of something. Start with a water cracker, but actually add a little bit of flavor to it. You know, <laughs> like uh, that's where I was hesitating. I'm trying to figure out what I want to, how I want to describe that. And there's a little something that reminds me a little bit of. No, let me take another sip. I'm not sure I like it. Because you know what I'm getting. Dord? No. No. But it does start with D. Durian. Mm-hmm. You're getting some durian in this, I huh? am getting durian. There's something that is pulling me back to that. There's a little sort of sweet oniony oniony thing okay. in there. Um, the resiny thing, I think, is, is, is very strong. Um, so that bitterness is kind of pulling down on it, and that. Hmm. Do you say that? No, I am a person who likes durian. Right. Yeah. I can appreciate it. I think it actually it can have some good sweetness and has a wonderful texture. Greg is hypersensitive to it. When we cracked one up into my garage a couple years ago. As soon as that meat cleaver went into that thing for the first time, it was like a mustard gas was coming yeah, out of it. Yeah. He just ran out of the room. And if you haven't had durian, probably the best way to describe it quickly is kind of a sweet onion custard. Right. Has a for for coming from a fruit, it has a ridiculous texture. It, it it's creamy, custardy. Mm-hmm. But the thing about durian is it's a sweet onion custard mixed with like rotten flesh. So it's <laughs> <laughs> see, I'm immune to the yeah, rotten yeah. flesh part of it. So. Um, I'm getting a little bit more used to it now, but I, there's echoes of, of that in there. So, and so I think that's what that really is, is that's something especially sulfury. Okay. Uh, and so it would not surprise me if the mosaic hop itself is, you know, just has a whole lot of sulfur in it and that that's where it's coming from. I don't know if Greg had has talked me into it, like directed my tasting, but I'm tasting a lot less of the citrus fruits than I thought was early on, and now it is tasting more, uh, more resiny, a little more earthy flavors mm-hmm. coming out of it. it. Doesn't really, you know, have that pineapple, uh, grapefruit, uh, clementine in it so much that I'm noticing right now. Yeah, the it, it piles up, right? I mean, it keeps it keeps adding to mm-hmm. that. Um, yeah, it just keeps coming back as during to me. <laughs> but weirdly, I'm not like. Well, I'm I'm, I'm throwing this out. It, mm-hmm. It's right. it's something like I'm just try, trying to get my head around and my tongue around it. But you know how if you get sick on something, mm-hmm. any food or drink or whatever. And you, you get a taste of that again, and you, you, your body recognizes that you got sick off that before, and you sort of reflexively have a reaction to it. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what's happening here with me. Right. So I'm trying to overcome that, and it's hard. I don't think I would have. I don't think I can. You know, the rest of it. <laughs> 
I'm just trying to trying Greg's glass here. Wow, I'm really glad that our ale did not come out that way. <laughs> yeah, I'm wondering if I would have noticed the durian flavors because I don't think they're particularly strong. But you know, after you talked about it, it was really one of the. I wouldn't say the main things I was noticing, but it was definitely a significant, right? When it's it's what, and, one of those perception things. Once you highlight something, yeah. it's hard to not pay attention to it. All right, so let's have something better. <laughs> Sorry, Carlos Strauss. I'm just not a mosaic hop fan, I guess. <laughs> I mean, the beer was, was well-constructed. Oh, yeah, the beer was, was very, I mean, yeah, I mean, the... No obvious flaws, right? Mm-hmm. Well constructed. I liked how the malt was coming through in the beginning, but then you know, yeah, the bitterness started to build and build. Uh, not not too much so. I don't think it was like dra- like dragging like you know hops across your tongue like scraping type that we get sometimes. But yeah, if 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 you're sensitive to the Dorian flavors like Greg is, it's certainly going to be an impediment. I think. Yeah. So this next beer is. Called batshit crazy, not in Spanish. Kind in of, Spanish, kind of. It's a guano loco from Terrapin. Oh, oh, it's a gusher. Yes, it is. So this is this is part of their. Uh, they say number twenty three on a volume twenty three. So I guess they have other volumes. It's part of the side project. Side project. It is a brown ale at. 8.6%, 35 IBUs, original gravity of 19.8. They The malts that are used are two-row pale, victory, special roast, crystal 65, crystal 85, brown malt, and chocolate malt. The hops, Super Galena and U.S. Goldings. And this also has anchos in it, ancho chilies, I believe. Yeah. Well, there's chilies in it. I'm not sure about anchos. From the label, Guano Locos. They say, say Ancho Brown Ale, so that would lead me to believe that it's Ancho Chili. Hmm. Yeah, they don't really say too much on the on the label. Well, here. I can certainly smell the chili. Yeah, it's all over my towel here. I'm going to have to discard this before I move on to the next beer because otherwise, I'll be smelling chilies all night. It's a good thing about having these towels, though, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we put down towels as our kind of placemats, so there's less table banging from glasses and whatnot. But yeah, that kind of caught, conveniently caught all the gush. So, all right, smells peppery. Smells also sweet. There's a little bit of a brownie kind of smell there. Uh, so far, I'm just really smelling the peppers. I'm trying to. A little more out of it. Yeah, I, I, I smell a brownie there. Okay. Yeah, maybe. Or you're just directing me again. The color is uh, kind of coalish, a little brownish red. First sip, as you'd expect, the first thing you notice is the peppers. Kind of a ancho. Cayenne type type flavor. Hmm. There's 
kind of a, a raisin like sweetness or or maybe it's maybe it's dates. Yeah, I take a sec when I took my second sip I could taste something other than the peppers, right? Yeah. And yeah, there's a there's a nice sweetness to it. I like your dates call actually. That's mm. that's pretty good. Or maybe a fig. Something yeah, something along that line of flavor. The that's all I'm tasting right now. Let's go deeper and see what we can find. It doesn't taste like a gusher normally tastes, mm. right? It doesn't taste like it has the infection. Lots of carbonation. Either that or the chili is sort of accentuating that. Mm-hmm. It's not particularly spicy, right? I mean, it doesn't... There's a little bit of a lingering heat, but it's not... Certainly not going overboard. It's But it's noticeable. It's it's more of a tickle, right? It's kind of sort of a mouth-wide Yeah, tickle. I mean, you know, we're like three or four sips in. Heat's starting to last, you know. But yeah, it, it's it's low-volume heat. It's a nice flavor, a nice little heat, you know, on the back. It's a good use of peppers on this beer. Um, to me, you know, you can taste some sweetness, you know, some of those fruits. Excuse me. That, you know, the brown ale has. Actually, I just got some really late in the aftertaste type sweetness coming back and uh, I'm starting to taste a little bit deeper a little bit beyond the peppers the malt component in this is reminding me a little bit of uh, Oreos without the cream just the cracker part of the Oreo I would go with something more like I wouldn't go with brownie. Did you see the label actually says brownie ale? Not, it says pepper brownie ale, not pepper brown ale. <laughs> no, I didn't see yeah, that. Yeah, it says brownie ale huh. right there. No, it doesn't, it doesn't taste like not a brownie. Not like a brownie. I'm more like a bread pudding to me. You know, something with the, you know, those raisins in there kind right, of pulling me right. there. You know, it's kind of, um, you know, that, that but rich I'm, breadiness. I'm, yeah, I'm going like a little bit past the, the fruitiness and just trying to, to, to get at the the malt component. The complexion of the malt, if you will, and yeah, it's still maybe an off-brand, maybe a Hydrox, right? An off-brand <laughs> Oreo. Okay, actually, I could go there more because you know Oreo by itself is a really bitter cookie. Yeah, I mean, that's why that's actually that's one of the. Like, it, it doesn't sell well in its original formula in other parts of the world because the cream's too sweet and the mm-hmm. the the, the cracker is too bitter. Um, so if you go to other places of the world, it's a little mixed up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, when you talk about like one of those off-brand sandwich cookies, right? That the chocolate version of that, yeah, I could definitely see something a little more like that. So sort of a, I mean, if it were a brownie, it'd be a, a really dry one, right? It wouldn't be moist. It doesn't have the 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 big the sort of those expressive chocolate notes you would expect out of a uh-huh. of a nice moist brownie. Just sort of a darker, maltier push, but pretty decent. I'm, I'm, I'm digging it. I do dig it. It's one of those ones where I don't. Th- I fear I'm not going to have a ton to say about it, but it's a good drinker. Mm-hmm. Um, peppers are quite enjoyable, but the peppers also make it difficult to really dive in and talk endlessly about different flavors. Yeah, because they they do distract. They yeah. uh, 
it's it's hard to not you know everything's it's a tent pole of the beer yeah. so it's holding everything up. Okay. Oh, already? No. <laughs> These next two beers are big boys. So. True. Well, let me uh, pull up the thing, and then we can do it. <laughs> well, you're so good at the segues to the commercial. Well, you, you pointed before I was ready. I'm sorry. Well, that's why I pointed and didn't say anything, so you could work on it while stalling. But, again, another failed segue into the commercial. <laughs> I think Greg does it on purpose. It might so, be self I don't know if I do it on purpose, but it might be some sort of like a self-sabotage type thing. <laughs> All right, so it's commercial time. You know what that means. When you shop online, when you shop at Amazon, don't go to Amazon. Go think of us and go to craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. You'll be, within milliseconds, you'll be redirected to Amazon with our referral link in place. And anything you buy after doing that is credited to us driving sales to Amazon. And they give us a small cut of what you spend. It doesn't cost you a penny more. And you can feel good for it by supporting the podcast and spent, not spending any more money than you would regularly. Is there a better deal on the planet? I don't think so. You, Yeah, you get to feel good. Mm-hmm. You get our gratitude. You get our endless gratitude. And you can tune into the post show. Like endless. I mean, well, it's got to end sometime. Well, okay. <laughs> Bountiful gravity. Yes. <laughs> Bountiful. And you can tune in the post show, and if we remember, we'll do Amazon Anonymous. And we will remember this week, I promise. Then... <laughs> Don't make promises you can't keep. All right. I promise anyway. <laughs> On to, the, I guess, the main event. Yeah, I think so. We got um, the same beer here, two different bottles, only 10 years apart in vintage. Okay. Uh, this is the Dogfish Head. 120-minute IPA. Now, I was saying maybe we should wait for 11 years because 11 is prime. Well, no. <laughs> no, because the label but says... The label does say... The label does say, um, what you have here is the Holy Grail... Now, this is what they wrote back in 2004. Right. What you have here is the Holy Grail for hopheads. The beer is continually hopped over 120-minute boil and then dry hopped every day for a month. Enjoy now or age for a decade or so. Well, superpower... Jeff's superpower, my superpower is being able to keep beers in the cellar for a long, long time. And uh, I was able to do that. So, you know, when 2014-120 came out, I made sure I uh, actually have the same same label on the new one. So they still call it the Holy Grail for Hopheads. Um, I made sure I got a 2014-120 um, so we could do this side by side. So, so what, what do you want to do first? Oh, that's a good question. I'm... I kind of think I want to do old to new. I think old. You want to do old to new because the new one's going to be a lot hoppier. Right. Okay, that's true. So let's do this though. Let's not pour the entire bottle. Let's do sure. like about two ounces each, and so we can maybe do some other comparisons afterwards. All right. So here is the old one. It says ages well. Let's hope. Okay, we pop the cap in the room. I don't know if you can smell it over there, but I smell like barley wine. It's no. a barley wine smell filled the room here. I mean, it's a very small I know, I opening, know. so it's... Oh, oh small opening. I thought you were <laughs> yeah. going to say poor small sample. Yeah, so you, you get it because you're right there, but no, I didn't. All right. Okay, that uh, does not have a lot of carbonation in it right now. Uh, it actually pours almost like a utopia. 
There's a little bit of bubbles, but yeah, not very much. What's the ABV on these guys again? Is it like 18? Something like 18, right? I don't think the label says. Let's see, I'll take a look. I believe it's 18%. I do have it up in my notes. So, the ABV, it ranges from 15 to 20. Okay. And IBU, they say 120, but that's just absurd. Yeah, so the aroma on this one is really rich. You're getting... Look at how that coats mm-hmm. the glass with just yeah. that sort of alcohol syrup, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm getting a combination of... What am I getting? Toffee. There's almost a hint of... of oakiness or something like that. Now, it's not a barrel-aged beer, but it's like a hint of oak. I'm almost getting... I want... I'm getting a little bit of pepperiness. More of a black pepper than a chili pepper, but I'm wondering if I rinsed my glass well enough. (laughs) Well... One thing I can think of is alcohol is a particularly good solvent, right? And so if there was any residue left over, it would be picked up by a pretty high alcohol beer. But, yeah, I'm trying to get more beyond what you said, and I don't really smell much more. Okay, the flavor, moving on to that, has a good old ale, barley wine type flavor, probably mm-hmm. more of an old ale. Yeah. Get a lot of... Again, the toffee's coming through. It's a real. You're getting a little bit of. Um, you're getting apple. You're getting pear. You're getting yeah. some plum. Not the not the tart part of it, but you're getting you know those those fruity stuff is coming through. A little bit of toffee. Getting, I'm getting a touch of soy sauce. You're getting like a little bit of that tangy umami mm-hmm. type type thing. Still has carbonation in it, mm-hmm. even though it, it didn't, doesn't look like much. It's certainly not bubbling like crazy, but definitely, you know, it, it's maintaining uh, a decent level of carbonation. It aged well. It's it's a good drinker. You know, we're gonna sit here, we're gonna take our time with our tiny little sample. Tell you what we're getting. Uh, oxidation. It was at held at bay. It doesn't. Tastes cardboardy. If anything, the oxidation gives it that old air, old ale character. Yeah, there's a little bit of of a of a kind of barkiness, a little bit of a, of a cinnamon mm-hmm. quality okay. to it. I'm glad you're getting that too. You know, I'm glad it's not just the yeah. peppers I left in my glass or anything like that. There is, hmm. it's, it's it's really quite good. Mm-hmm. Uh, not not. Technically, not a surprise, but it's 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 very very tasty and it's got a lot of character to it. Hmm. Yeah, this is one. Uh, you know, it's like leave me alone. I just want to enjoy the beer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to talk about it anymore. I, I just know, want I'm to getting, drink it. I'm, I'm I'm trying to figure out what that floral bit is, and not being 
super familiar with all the different types of flowers, mm-hmm. I'm having a hard time. The thing that's coming into my mind, weirdly enough, is daisy, but I don't know why that in particular would just come a, up. Just a feel, right? Yeah. Um, floral, yeah. I mean, it's kind of elevated by the booziness, right? The alcohol right. kind of elevates some of the esters, right? So, you know, you're getting some of the, probably some of the fermentation esters and whatnot, making it seem a little more floral because it's getting elevated by that alcohol. At least that's kind of the feel that I'm getting from it, you know? I'm not picturing a field of daisies, but you know, I get, I mean, I appreciate what you're saying because there's yeah. a certain time, certain imagery pops into your head, right? Hmm. I'm trying to find the hops. Oh, it's been 10 years. It's been 10 years, but I'm... I mean, there's a moderate amount of bitterness. Even yeah. IBUs fall out of a beer, right? Yeah. So down at the bottom of this beer, there's, you know, probably a thousand IBUs sitting down there. <laughs> um, so yeah, the bitterness even decreases over time. So th- yeah, these, these IPAs really do turn into old ales or barley wines with some age. Especially an 18 percenter, right? Yeah, but I, you know, I would expect to find some, maybe some flavor from the hops, but it's, it, uh, there's, I mean, it, not so much flavor, but I mean, there's still a fair bitterness to yes, it, right? There's, there's, there's enough bitterness, right? There's those, um, those isohumulones are still knocking around. Mm-hmm. Maybe, then, maybe, it's, maybe that's the floral component is, is the maybe. remnants of the hops. You know, as I drink this, I keep coming back to almost like a, oh, I don't know, there's, the sweetness, is, it reminds me of like a, a syrup, a candied, candy syrup or something right, like yeah. that, right? Um, there's actually, uh, I'm getting a touch of, not fermented honey, but like straight up honey, you know, like there's a bit of a honey flavor in here. Like, you know, one of the imageries, you had daisies, right? Mm-hmm. One of the imageries that popped into my head was like honeycomb. Mm. You know, something like that. I could see, when we said honeycomb, what popped into my head was actually the honeycomb, the cereal, whatever that one's called. That's Cookie, cr- or uh, honey, I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it might be called honeycomb, I don't know, but... That that popped in my head, and I was like, you know, there's there's something kind of like that because it, it that's a lot of sugar, mm-hmm. and this is a lot of sugar, and some of those flavors are kind of similar, but it's not, yeah, but it, it, not not quite the same mm-hmm. sort of honey, but eh. that was pretty good. That was pretty good. Right. Let's see what the new one has to offer. Or should we just leave this cap for ten years? <laughs> Too late. Too late. One thing they've changed in 10 years is that this is in a dogfish embossed bottle now instead of a plain bottle. But the label, other than not having... This label doesn't have... It's probably uh, etched somewhere. Actually, I don't see a vintage on this bottle at all. Um, Hmm. Trying to see if it's written in black ink on the bottle somewhere. So this pour is actually, the other ones seem to be a little bit darker. Yeah, this one pours lighter for sure. It has definitely more noticeable carbonation, actually, as a head. And the smell is way different. Yeah, you can actually 
leads with the hops, right? right? I mean, it leads with something that's kind of grapefruity. That's weird. I'm getting something that's kind of phenolic, right? A little bit a little soapy. Bit soapy. I'm getting. I was going to go with acetone, right? There's a something a little hot in the nose there. Yeah. And this is definitely acetone and not acetaldehyde, which you know I mentioned a couple of weeks ago was something that I've been confusing for years. Mm-hmm. Um, this one, even with that new knowledge, I'll still go with acetone for this one. Yeah, there's something a little off about this from the aroma. Yeah, it smells. It smells like a little, a little hot, you know, almost like some of those things. Like, oh, this is going to give me a headache, you know. <laughs> yes. Is in there. Now let's see if it volatilizes a bit and calms down. Yeah. So we're drinking these pretty warm. Either this one, the other one was obviously in the cellar. So yeah, the old one came straight out of the cellar. This one was at sixty at the beginning of the show. So it's sixty. I get sixty six. Yeah. That makes sense. So yeah, but it's it's a big beer, right? Yeah, we like them nice and warm, or nice we should sense. say non cold. I want before you drink. I want to trade and just see if we're, if we're smelling exactly the same thing. Just yep, smells the same. Now, now it's smelling even a little plasticky. Yeah, that, those are the things I yeah. was talking about. All right, let's go into the flavor and see if there's... Hopefully the those things we're smelling aren't as noticeable. It's there. I haven't noticed it yet. You're getting this kind of hoppy booziness, right? The, the first sip candidly came across as... Mm, combination of citrus you know like a like a grapefruit maybe a bit of cantaloupe and um doesn't really come across nearly as sweet as as the old version um that's where i'm kind of thinking the melony sweetness is kind of kind of you know going yeah i'm wondering if if some of this kind of rubber cementy taste that i'm getting is just the overwhelming amount of hops in there, and, and, and that's doing something there. See, on the flavor, I'm not noticing that acetone-type aroma that was re- that was really smelling. I'm not tasting it. Let's give it a trade. Hold it by the bottom, please. Why? Because I can smell you after you touch the glass. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. You're... I've no, like when I smell your glass, I can smell more Greg than I can the beer. Do I really stink that bad? No, it it, it smells like no, it doesn't smell bad. It's it's. I don't know if you've used your aftershave today, but in the past it's been that. But I smell something that yeah, soap. Yeah, soap. Okay, I smell your soap. <laughs> maybe you smell my soap. Maybe you smell me soap on my glass. I don't know, but uh, yours tastes better than mine. Did you notice that? Or at least it's more noticeable in mine than yours, I think. That, well... Mine tastes... Mine tastes hoppier. More citrusy. I can give you a little more if you want. I'm starting to get used to it a little bit. But I definitely think it's still there. I think that there's 
something something not quite right with this one. Here, let me freshen you up a little bit. All right. We only poured very small samples and don't want to really agitate these bottles too much because mm -hmm. there's probably some sediment in the bottom. Hmm. Completely different beers, that's for sure. You know, you're not really... Oh, yeah. If you were drinking them blind, there's no way you would know they were the same beer. Uh, no, not at all. Not at all. Right. I mean, I would tell that they were both high in alcohol, but they definitely are are very, very different. That said, I can see where they're connected. I mean, I can see the the base malt is is the same, right? I mean, there's. I I don't I don't know if I could draw that conclusion, right? Because no, no, I, I don't. The, think, I, I wouldn't blind but i'm saying but i mean even knowing right because like i it doesn't taste like it has nearly the body that the old one does mm. you know i mean sure it has more carbonation so you're getting more scrubbing you know the balance is really shifted toward the hops versus the malt you know i, I just even knowing it and looking for it i'm having a hard time drawing the connection i just think it just with 10 years it has just really turned into a different beer and they're they're both good beers i would take the old one but i'm liking the new one too I, i'm not sure if i'm liking the new one as if, much. if i had a you know if i had a six pack of 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 2014 um 120s i wouldn't drink them in 2014 but it's not bad i doubt they sell they probably sell four pack at best right i mean yeah it's probably four pack yeah it's probably like 20 bucks too no no, it's probably more than that. I'm trying to remember what I paid for the one this year. I think I paid 17 for this bottle. Okay, wow. And I probably paid 10 for the one back in 2004. So a case must cost a lot, 250 or so at least. Back in the day, you used to be able to get a case of the big beers from Dogfish for. Uh, I remember when they were about 120, oh. 130. I remember they were 150. I remember when they went up to 170, and that's really the last time I looked at them. I'm mm -hmm. sure there are more now. When we bought that Worldwide Stout, I think we paid them around the 150 range. Okay, here's a question for you. What do you like better, this or Worldwide Stout? Oh, new or old? You know, there's a whole bunch of variables, right? Um I like the old one of this a lot. I like the old one of this a lot too, but I think I'd like an old worldwide stout more. It's hard to say. I'm trying to think. I'm not sure I've had anything close to a ten year old worldwide stout. No, we've had ones that are like five or six years old though, right? I mean Yeah. Well, I think that's enough beers for the show since we got half bottles of some really strong beers and and other well, things. I want to. I want to finish on the old one again. Oh, you want to go back to the old? One? Yeah. Okay. Sure. Let's wrap this up and then pour a little bit more of the old one. Hmm. I mean, it's not. It's not as bad as I thought when I first had it, but I'm still tasting something there that this beer needs age. It just plain old needs it. 
I mean, it's not. If you have the patience to give it some age, right, it's going to be much improved. I will say that. I, I I won't say you'll hate yourself for drinking a fresh one. But, you know, what's the market for a fresh 120, right? I mean, there's hoppier things out. You know, mm-hmm. there's more. It, You know, it's... I mean, the market is to try the 120 fresh, you know, but, you know, if you want a truly great beer... You could get other double, triple IPAs. It makes right? you wonder why doesn't Dogfish Head age it themselves and then sell aged versions? Because that costs a lot. Yeah, but they think of how much money they could they could spend. I mean, they could make on that. They have to store a ridiculous amount of stuff for a ridiculous amount of years. Right, it costs a lot to store that stuff. You know, the brewery has to turn beer, move beer, sell beer. That's what they do. Uh, let other people age the beer. Well, and sell like, it. I wonder how much money I could make. I have another bottle of the two thousand four. I wonder how much money I could make. Well, like, Utopia is aged for two years before it's put out. Right? I mean, that, yeah, but sure. I wonder what fresh Utopia tastes like. Probably not nearly Probably. as good. I was going to say hot mess, but yeah. uh, you know, I don't. I didn't want to really sound defamatory on that. Um, I, I don't know. You don't make an IPA, a quadruple IPA, or whatever you want to call one twenty, and age it for two years. You want people to be able to taste the hops if they so choose. I suppose. All right, we're back to the old one twenty, the two thousand four version. That is pre-craft beer radio i've been saving this beer since before the podcast <laughs> that's really good it's almost like the cinnamon toasting going on there mm-hmm. too yeah yeah wow that's a good beer <laughs> the only thing it's missing i think for like a world-class old ale is it's a little light on the body right you know if i was constructing my perfect old ale you know i'd want a little bit more body but it has most of the other characteristics i'm looking for mm-hmm Mm. All right, so let's so, rank these. So save your Dogfish Head 120s. Just for, for ten, 10 years. Just 10 years. Just that's 10 all. years. Yeah. In a, make sure you do it in a nice environment. doesn't get too warm. If you want a little more carbonation on it, you might want to wax them before you put them down for 10 years. Right, too. yeah. Try to dip them in some wax. I wonder how much difference that would have made. I mean, it didn't seem like the oxygen infiltration really oxidized the beer. It actually made it, you know, it was in a good spot. But, you know, maybe a little more fizziness might have been interesting. Mm-hmm. You can always swirl that out if you don't like it. Right. right. We can oh. always recarbonate this, right? We could force carbonate it for a day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> without oxidizing the hell out of it. Yeah. We want to pressurize the glass bottle. Mm-hmm. You want to have bottle bombs going off? Yeah. I do. I don't. <laughs> Shocker. Okay. So what's your it's least your favorite, house, so yeah, Greg? Uh, what's, my, what's my least favorite? Um, yeah. Durian ball. <laughs> <laughs> is my least favorite. Uh, yeah, Carl Strauss. Love the beer. Normal put out this thing. Couldn't drink. All right, that's all there is to it. Uh, if you are sensitive to those kind of flavors, maybe it's the, just the mosaic hops. Maybe it's something else. I don't know, but there was... Mm-hmm. Just couldn't, couldn't do it. My number three beer... 
uh, is the Fresh Dogfish Head 120. Uh, there was something, you know, when, when the beer has flaws, uh, like that one does, it would uh, it normally be ranked lower. But you had a real problem with that. I was, yeah, yeah, but because I was able to drink the the 120 fresh, I was not really able to drink after all the mosaic. Easily second is the Guano Loco. While it wasn't a super standout beer of any you know note, uh, of of the four beers we had tonight, it was mm-hmm. yeah definitely number two and number one should be obvious. The ten year old 120 is fantastic. I'm going to match you uh, exactly in the rankings. Uh, I will give Carl Strauss a lot closer fourth place than you did. <laughs> right. um, so let, let me talk about why I ranked it where I ranked it. Right, the um, for for me four and three was really tight. Um, actually, hmm. No, I'm going to keep it as is. I was wondering if I should put the fresh 120 last because of that. Um, acetone type aroma, right? Um, but it wasn't in the flavor at all. That's what I, I'm kind of tossed up whether that should knock That's it down or not. Not my, I didn't taste it in the flavor. Didn't that sounds weird. I must be really sensitive to that, and you're, and you're not sensitive to part durian that I dislike. <laughs> it's weird. Well, I mean, typically I'm sensitive to acetaldehyde acetone, right? I mean, that's a fly I always pick out of beers. I could smell it. Didn't taste it. Um, hmm. Okay, I'm going to keep it as is. It's just going to be a tight 3-4. Uh, the Carl Strauss is fourth place. I, I didn't dislike it. Uh, the, the, the bitterness built and built as I drank it. And, uh, it just, uh... Oh, I forgot. Was this one provided? No, I purchased okay. that. Okay. All right. Um, anyway. Yeah, I don't want to talk about why Karstrat's last. I'll talk about why the dogfish is in front of it. Um, I thought the flavor for the new 120 was, was quite tasty. You got some intense grapefruit flavors. You got this big flavor and big... You could tell it was a big beer. Well, it didn't really taste boozy. It had this presence of, of big alcohol. And it, it brings a little bit more depth to, to certain uh, aspects of it. The... I don't know. I'm, I'm going to change it. That that aroma. That, that acetone aroma on that mm-hmm. thing. I, I can't in good conscience okay. not make it last place. Okay. So, sorry for my wishy-washiness here. But I'm going to put the dogfish... Fresh 120 in last place. The aroma had something goofy going on it that just was not right. The Carl Strauss gets put in front of that because of lack of flaws. And that's what I should have done from the beginning. But mm-hmm. I, for some reason, I wasn't looking at it the right way. Um, I I like durian. And once Greg told me about it, I could taste some of those aspects to it. Um, for me, that really didn't diminish the beer at all, mm-hmm. right? Um it did start laying on the bitterness as I was drinking it, you know, so I could see a full pint would not have the real, the balance I'd be looking for, for a session IPA. And that's probably the main reason that it's where it's at. The Guano Loco. It was a gusher when you opened it. Also 5.5 is a little high for a session. I mean, calling a session at 5.5 
most you know IPA you know pale ales and stuff are five point five. Yeah, good point. Uh, Guano Loco when I opened it, it was a gusher. I was like, oh no, I just wasted a bunch of money on this beer. But no, I like the flavors quite a bit. Good pepper flavor. The malt. While we couldn't talk about it much because the peppers are really stealing the show, stealing our attention from the in masking the flavors. It really was a well put together beer with a lot of interesting flavors. And then yeah, if you have the luxury to age a uh, 120 for 10 years in a decent beer cellar um the outcome is pretty good and that's got to be the number one beer of the night easy i think so well that has been craft beer radio for this week and for playing us out is tosh mahal doing honky talk woman well they will be when i get this loaded (laughs) okay thanks for listening to our 300th numbered episode may there be 300 more craft beer radio is released under the creative commons license you can visit craftbeerradio.com for more information if you'd like to contact us our email address is beer at craftbeerradio.com we are on twitter i am at jeff bear at cbr greg and unfortunately we don't pay much attention to facebook or google plus you should join twitter like mm-hmm. our friend, like my best friend from high school, Dave Vaudrick, just joined Twitter, <laughs> and he was tweeting us this week. He, uh, we'll talk about that a little bit in the post show. Twitter think. is the absolute best way to contact us. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, there's, it's easy to easy to not ignore you. Where yeah. email is a little bit tougher. This email, we're, we're both busy guys. This is pretty good enough to... We just found this song tonight, but I'm going to have to give this one more of a listen. This is Taj Mahal. Taj Mahal doing Hunky Talk Woman. <laughs>